Hi all. And <laughs> I'm saying that because it's Thanksgiving. And um, I'm just being cute and funny. You know it. All right, everyone. Now back to the United Kingdom stance. Just joking. Just joking. Right, okay, this is um, me just letting you know that there is a Spotify version available of this and it's lovely because you get to hear the Thanksgiving music that I've got along with this and it's so enjoyable and relaxing. You're going to love it. It's going to get you in the right frame of mind, the right mood for what Thanksgiving is all about. So do go and give it a listen as well. Lots of love. So welcome to this broadcast and... Don't forget the Christmas prayer set and journal is out available on Amazon. We have got a great environmentally friendly option for you. In fact, two of them. There's the Kindle version and there's one I've just been listening to the experts. I am just turning things around with the book. It's just a very um, much more environmentally friendly um, format that the book has been now brought out in and as. The illustrations are going to um, be coming out, I think, a little bit separately and um, are definitely available on the Kindle version because you can view that at an environmentally friendly way. But we're not going to be having the same amount of illustrations in the actual paper version, just to keep it that little bit extra environmentally friendly and um, good for printing all around. So win-win for everybody. And that is available on Amazon, so you can go and get it there. It is absolutely amazing. You're going to love it. I do highly recommend the written version. As I say, it is a sustainable version and it is much more environmentally friendly. It has been improved to be more environmentally friendly than the last one. And far less kind of like colour printing and things like that as well there. And we're going to see if we can get hard copy book as well. All of this is coming from my team. Thank you so much to my amazing team. I love you all so very much. And I look forward to speaking about this a lot more very soon. Make sure that there is a version available um, for all people. So obviously those of you that want to get a real hard copy can. And we're going to do like a free version on here as well. So it's fully accessible for all um, different people all around the world, many different formats. And you can even get a copy and follow it online on here too. So look out for that as well. And let's get started for today's broadcast. Welcome to this Thanksgiving Thursday broadcast for Thursday the 25th of November 2021. I'm so pleased to be able to do this broadcast with you today and I think that whenever you get this, even if it's beyond Thanksgiving, then that's going to be great because every day is a day to be thankful to God. So important, have a listen to some of the past broadcasts if you like, just get a little bit more information on this. I talk a lot about this on Wednesday's broadcast, really about the importance of thanksgiving to God, even although we might have to have different communication, different conversations, be really truthful, honest and look at ways in which we need to kind of like change things, improve things. Um, with other humans. We must never be unthankful. We must always be thankful to God though because God is that omnipotent presence in our lives. God is the one that gives us our lives 
and that blesses us so thanks be to god for all the blessings that we do have from the ability to just have that spiritual union with god to be able to breathe to be able to be alive to be able to have health um you know i just thank god for so much i thank god for my i don't know how it happens but i thank god for my youthful looks my good skin my beauty but not just that as i said from the very start it's not just about um, how things appear in the material world but it's a big part of it all of our material things including our health comes from God too and we have to be thankful for that I'm thankful for the presence for the union that I have with God for my prayer time that I have with God for that ability to really set that time and be set apart I talk a lot about this too about the importance of understanding it's not that when I'm set apart that I uh, you know, hate other people or <laughs> like, no, it is just more the fact that I have been chosen and I absolutely love God. And I know how vitally important it is for all people because I have a love for them. That is why I set apart. Because if I'm not spending time in union with God in prayer, then that's not going to have a good impact on fellow brethren, people of the faith, most importantly, and, you know, the rest of the world, all other human beings. I'd have to hate them not to take time with God and to make sure that I'm centered there and that I'm grateful for that. I'm thankful, I'm respectful and reverent to God. And that then impacts the rest of my life. It's always important everywhere, at every moment, every time to be thankful to God. And that's why unceasing prayer is really important. What does that mean? I think some people not really having a clear relationship with God might think, oh my goodness, am I supposed to like sit there forever and just like contemplate on God? You know, different people are called to different things. There are monks, there are religious sisters that do spend an enormous amount of time in prayer. There are people that don't really take on any of these labels that still do that. Absolutely. But it might not mean that necessarily for you. There might be ways to do that in your living day to day. Some of you might be out doing jobs. I certainly hope that whatever you're doing, you're productively employed in some shape, form or fashion. Absolutely on a positive way with a good, positive, godly intent for sure. <sighs> One of the folk that I was talking about the other day was saying, you know, our we have these people that just oh my gosh they just obsess and they're just negatively like focused and crazy I'm not going to name names because that would not be right or fair but you know I think it's important to express these things to some degree anyway so I'm having this discussion downstairs um with uh, friends of mine and they are just like yeah the people that have been brought into that particular um area are actually from space. In fact, they're a waste of space. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Why? Because they are focused on the wrong types of things in life in terms of just being negative, trying to undo people's good works, all that crazy stuff. In fact, we are going to be having a night for this. Um, Not for people that are kind of a waste of space and crazy and being negative towards and persecuting Christians. No, um, not for them, but for the Christians that are persecuted. So there's actually going to be um, an important night for that 
with the church. In fact, probably across the wider church. Um, it's really, really, really um important if you can um. Oh, actually, well, by the time you're going to hear this, it's going to be Thursday, so I've got past all I've gone. But it's still important, I think, to carry on praying. I'm saying this because I'm recording it on Wednesday, but I think it's still important on Thursday and Thanksgiving to give thanks for what is actually going right. To give thanks for actually being able to get these gatherings together, get people together to pray for each other, even to have um, times like that where we actually recognise the reality do something about it in prayer and then active steps um, that we can take are kind of made known in that time and are actually carried out as well. I think that's very vitally important. I mean, exorcisms, anything, all these different things that can be um, put into practice uh, that we have the ability to put into practice. Let's be thankful for those two, right? Okay, so we're going to move on to some of the liturgy a little bit later on, but I'm just going to say a little bit more about Thanksgiving. I was talking about this over the last few days and how, you know, there's two ways of looking at this. I just love the idea of it so much because, well, Thanksgiving is so vitally important. It means you're in a state of um, understanding your blessings in a state of gratefulness, reverence and respect for God and what God is doing in your life. And that reminder every single year and forming a habit of having it in the back of your mind that it's something that you do on a regular basis, even if it is yearly, um, in that bigger way, means that it's always there. It's always part of your makeup of what you think about doing, of um, where your head really can be at. Um, the only thing about it was is that the fact that it is just once per year just might mean that, you know, people tend to forget about it in some other ways the rest of the year, although it's in the background. It, it might just be one of these things where it's, it's, it's just made into just a yearly thing. So that's the only thing. That is it really. But I like the idea of it overall because I'm in the habit of thinking about it as much as I can. I know I've got to do that. And I'd like to have like a bigger celebration about it as well. So happy Thanksgiving to all of you celebrating today. All right, so let's get into the liturgy for today. All right, this one is all about Daniel in the lion's den. It's the first reading for today and it's Daniel chapter 6 verses 12 to 28. Daniel in the lion's den. The presidents and satraps came along in a body and found Daniel praying and pleading with God. They then came to the king and said, have you not just signed an edict forbidding any man for next 30 days to pray to anyone, God or man, other than to yourself, O king, on pain of being thrown into the lion's den? The decision stands, the king replied, as befits the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they said to the king, 
O king, this man Daniel, one of the exiles from Judah, disregards both you and the edict which you have signed. He is at his prayers three times each day. When the king heard these words, he was deeply distressed and determined to save Daniel. He racked his brains until sunset to find some way out. But the men came back in a body to the king and said, O king, remember that in conformity with the law of the Medes and the Persians, no edict or decree can be altered when once issued by the king. The king then ordered Daniel to be fetched and thrown into the lion pit. The king said to Daniel, Your God himself, whom you have served so faithfully, will have to save you. A stone was then brought and laid over the mouth of the pit, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with that of his noble men, so that there could be no going back on the original decision about Daniel. The king returned to his palace, spent the night in fasting and refused to receive any of his concubines. Sleep eluded him, and at the first sign of dawn he was up and hurried off to the lion pit. As he approached the pit, he shouted in anguished tones, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve so faithfully, been able to save you from the lions? And Daniel replied, O king, live forever! My God has sent his angel who sealed the lion's jaws. They did not me no harm, since in his sight I am blameless, and I have never done you any wrong either, O king. The king was overjoyed and ordered Daniel to be released from the pit. Daniel was released from the pit and found to be quite unhurt because he had trusted in his God. The king sent for the men who had accused Daniel and had them thrown into the lion pit they, their wives and their children. And they had not reached the floor of the pit before the lions had seized them and crushed their bones to pieces. King Darius then wrote to men of all nations, peoples and languages throughout the world, may peace be always with you. I decree in every kingdom of my empire, let all tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. He is the living God, he endures forever. His sovereignty will never be destroyed and his kingship never end. He saves, sets free, and works signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. This first reading, when I read it back, I think today of how the king has such a huge responsibility that even the king although he sees someone else doing something against the king's orders, the king's decree, the king's rules, in other words, and how serious he takes those ro- those rules, rather. His role is perhaps not as clear, but he is trying his best to go on what he knows from, I suppose, his ancestors, uh, the way things have always been done with all the other kings, what the other people know. So when we think about it, the, the people are going on on what they um, know as well. 
the king is not so consumed by trying to go and find out who is going against these things, although he knows that these are part of his ancestral links, these rules, right? These laws. But there are other people in this situation that are not of God, not of the God Daniel knows. So not of God either. And neither is this king. He has many different gods, right? Things of the world that get him distracted. Many different distractions are the king's gods, um, as we, we heard yesterday. Um, the material world is even a god to that king that was mentioned in Daniel today. So he's all over the place. His people are all over the place. And yet he's not looking for anything to go wrong or for the badness in anyone specifically, personally himself. He is a king. He has other things to think about. But there are obviously clearly very jealous people, very concerned, very distracted about what Daniel is doing and very much wanting to uh, highlight what they found, all the obsession that they have over this one this one person they have focused and focused and focused on him so they know exactly what his routine is they're so obsessed and jealous and they take that obsession and jealousy outward and express to the king what is occurring so the king we hear racks his brains he's looking for a way out of this he doesn't want to put Daniel into that situation. But overall, God would have the situation occur anyway. So God even uses what some might term the baddies. Um, those that aren't, I mean, the king is not inherently bad or wrongful. We hear that he actually has a good intent to, to prevent this. But nevertheless, it's very evil to go ahead and to, to just do that on purpose. And he goes and he does it, but there must be a part of him there that, that knows that that God overall will save Daniel as he hopes and he prays for, um, about it. He's so anxious, we hear. So he's not an overly evil person, although the actions of what he does seem to be. Inside he has good intentions and he wants Daniel to prevail. Whereas those that brought um, Daniel's behaviour, this one person's behaviour to um, the king's attention, they, I don't think, want for that so they have different intentions a different thought process from the king i do believe that this signifies and symbolizes this and then we hear how the end when daniel does prevail those jealous group of people all their family all their friends were absolutely thrown into the lion's den and they were not saved because they were not doing things for the right reasons for godly reasons and for god they were obsessing over Daniel and jealous. So their hearts were of a wrongful, bad, mean, evil intent against the will of God. So we hear that they are thrown into the, the lion's den. This is very much, this sounds a lot like um, my prayer. And I guess maybe, um, you know, I did actually uh, read this for the broadcast last night, but I'm redoing it again today on Thursday um, because 
of the way that it kind of turned out and you know everything is of God's will so there's a reason for this too and it you know it has me um, rethinking and being able to to speak a little bit more on these particular issues that I may not have if I had gone ahead with it last night but it was the level of the recording it had to be done again um due to a technical issue we're very interesting it is very interesting indeed so in any case that did come across um quite a bit in my prayers as well against um those who persecute christians i did say i pray that they come to their end and so yeah, absolutely. I, I state that 100% that those be ended that persecute Christians are doing this um, on purpose. Those that go around obsessively jealous. I have people that do that with me. Um, absolutely crazed lunacism, obsession over me. And I have spoken up about it and it has just, you know, they've been allowed to kind of keep continuing on. But they will come to their end. The responsorial psalm is from Daniel chapter 3. Before we go on to that, I want to speak a little bit about them meeting their end. What can that mean? Well, it's either one of two things. I'm sure you know what the first is and the other is that they have the chance to go ahead and repent and be reborn anew. But if they don't, obviously, we know what will occur. Let's look to Daniel chapter 3 verses 68 to 74. Jews and sleet bless the Lord, give glory and eternal praise to him. Frost and cold bless the Lord, give glory and eternal praise to him. Ice and snow bless the Lord, give glory and eternal praise to him. Nights and days bless the Lord, give glory and eternal praise to him. Light and darkness bless the Lord, give glory and eternal praise to him. Lightning and clouds bless the Lord, give glory and eternal praise to him. Let the earth bless the Lord, give glory and eternal praise to him. Alleluia, alleluia, stand erect. Hold your heads high because your liberation is near at hand. Alleluia. The gospel is Luke chapter 21 verses 20 to 28. There will be signs in the sun and moon and stars. Jesus said to his disciples, When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, you must realise that she will soon be laid desolate. Then those in Judea must escape to the mountains those inside the city must leave it and those in country districts must not take refuge in it. For this is the time of vengeance when all that scripture says must be fulfilled. Alas, for those with child or with babies at the breast when those days come. For great misery will descend on the land and wrath on this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive to every pagan country and Jerusalem will be trampled down by the pagans until the age of the pagans is completely over. There will be signs in the sun and moon and stars on earth, nations in agony, 
bewildered by the clamour of the ocean and its waves, men dying of fear as they await what menaces the world, for the powers of heaven will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand erect, hold your heads high, because your liberation is near at hand. There's a couple of things that come back to me on this. And the one that's kind of taken over is my memories from before I was born, about coming in to earth. And it's a thought that I still hold, I still have. And it's interesting. Um, I've never spoken to anyone else that has anything like it in their lives. However, that being said, let's look to this. What am I getting about all this? Well, the signs in the sun and the moon, um, signs, people that look for signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars are astrologers. And so Even the astrologers, those looking into these things, although that is not where overall anyone should be focused, God must be put first. The signs, the looking for signs in the stars and the moon should not um, take place of that of God. And so pagans do tend to do this. Um, look elsewhere other than just God um, to different things happening on the earth level because they can't see in the spirit so they have to look at what they can see is occurring with the earth and material world but looking a little bit beyond it they believe towards the heavens will give them more of a level of understanding because everything is connected we know that to be true. We can't deny it, even as Christians, that everything is connected and the moon has a pull on the earth's waters and the flow. So, yes, it is true that what happens in the so-called heavens or in the sky does impact and is all connected to the earthly realm and to us here as we have um, that makeup of water. It is no coincidence that Jesus is referred to as the fish. And some people, when we refer to people being in schools and schools, well, and we think about how these were set up as well, it's all connected. So, in any case, even although there'll be signs, when the true being comes in full manifested form in a way that they can understand and see, that they can't deny, that will be the time when perhaps their pagan lifestyle will be completely over. It doesn't mean to say 
that everyone doing that or that has a connection in that or has a role to help people in that is going to be um like that or is called a pagan or um still has to have a pagan world ended but that's kind of some of the the ideas that I am getting from that and it doesn't matter what is happening it can happen right through and in the center of situations as we hear that people are going around, they have families, they have children, they have babies. It's not just those, in other words, that are giving up to the religious life, um, like, um, you know, Anna and Simeon that waited all the time in the temple. Thank you. Um, and dedicated their lives in that way. That will see the sign. As we know, they waited for the sign of Jesus Christ, the child Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ came to them, they recognised that was their time um, over in that way. Are they then therefore pagans? Were they counted as pagans? In a way, they were, um, yes, waiting for a sign and waiting for Jesus. Um, but they were um, Jewish in their faith belief they did believe in God so there are very different levels of faith as well that we hear of okay oh God we pray in this time of thanksgiving I'm not going to go on and make any huge long speeches or long prayers in this but just thanks be to God for this um, day, this union that those of us that have that union with Christ do have with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit, that union there and what manifests in our lives, the victory that we have with you, God. Thank you for your victory, Jesus Christ, overall. And thank you for these wonderful pieces of scripture that highlight this over and over again. And we just give thanks for all those that will share in that victory that have once been persecuted for their, their huge amount of faith. You know, all they've been doing is doing something good. Um, and of course, we differentiate between those who um, are doing things simply to go against God or merely to rebel against the Christian people as opposed to those truly in Christ and doing things for the rightful intent and the right reasons. Thank you for the differentiation between the likes of Daniel and those evil people who were jealous and constantly obsessing over um, Daniel and having a go at Daniel. We give thanks for the victory that Daniel has and for the God ultimately of Daniel to be shining through in this scripture here today. Bless all those listening of a good, rightful intent here today, that they may have a wonderful Thanksgiving celebration if they do celebrate it. And no matter where you are, that you enjoy that um, today and beyond. Thank you so much, everybody. And have a great day.